0: I know you still may be full from turkey and dressing and greens and sweet potatoes, but come on and give God praise. Amen. Because if it was not for him, amen, there wouldn't even be a reason to celebrate or a reason to rejoice. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Truly, God is good. Amen. Amen. All the time. Amen. And all the time, God is good. Amen. We're so happy and delighted that you're here with us. Amen. On this day after Christmas service. Amen. I pray that your Christmas was well, that you, everything that you wanted and needed, Santa bought it. Amen. Or oh, you were able to purchase it for yourself. Praise God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I got a church. I cooked for the first time yesterday. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I have to throw the macaroni and cheese away. I'm not going to tell you that. You didn't hear that from me. Amen. But I made a sweet potato casserole. It was good. Amen. The, the the macaroni and cheese was good. I just didn't have enough milk and cheese in it, so it was a little dry. So I tried to doctor it up, but then, you know, the devil took my mac and cheese. I was pretty upset about that because I really wanted that macaroni and cheese. Amen. But that's all right. We're going to try it again. Amen. It's really nothing too hard about cooking. Right? So, you know, just... Just actually doing it, Amen, Amen, Amen. Amen. I had Deacon Jeffell back there laughing. He thought I was playing when I said I cooked. He didn't believe me, but that's all right. Amen. God knows all. Amen. <laughs> if you have your Bibles, go with me to Philippians chapter three. Uh, Philippians chapter three. Amen. Thank God for all of our, all of our ministers, our mothers, our deacons. Um, to all of you, uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Someone texted me and asked me if we were still having church. I said, yeah, we still having church. Amen. I know some churches canceled their service due to the holidays. Amen. But you never know someone that may neither hear a word from the Lord. Amen. 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 Philippians chapter three, verse 13, just one verse. Amen. I won't be before you alone this morning. And it reads this, this from the reading from the New King, New King James Version. It says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. For those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the, call, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let's read verse 13 and 14 together as one. Well. I think they have it up on the screen. Let's read it together on the count of three. One, two, three. Brethren, count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, let go of whatever that makes you stop. Turn to your other neighbor and say, Neighbor, let go of whatever that makes you stop. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you right now, God, and we bless you, we glorify you, we magnify you, Lord God, uh, we give your name the praise, oh God, let us not, Lord God, be worried about numbers, Father God, who's here, who's not here, what's going on, what's not going on, Father God, but as long as you're in the building, Father God, that's what's most important, Father God, and we come, Lord God, for no shape, form, or fashion, not for people, Father God, but we come to lift up and to magnify your name, Father God, because if it was not for you, we wouldn't even have a Christmas to celebrate, Lord God, we wouldn't even have have a reason to rejoice oh God but it's because that you were born father God that we're able Lord God to experience Lord God the good life that we are living now Lord God and we thank you that we thank you for your son Jesus oh God and we ask and pray oh Lord God that you will open up our hearts open up our minds open up our spirits oh God open up our ears that we can be able to receive the word of God for our lives today and we ask all these things in your name we pray and all the God's people said amen "Amen." you may be seated in the presence of the Lord, let go of whatever that makes you stop. Uh, as we can, you believe that we're less than seven days away from 2011. Amen. Amen. Somebody should have ran on that one. 2010 was great but I am thankful that 2011 is on this way. There's nothing, there's nothing like a fresh start, amen, where you can be able to start all over again, but many times around this time, uh, many of us we began to make New Year's resolution that, you know, we're going to lose a couple of pounds, that we're going to read the Bible uh, in the whole year. We make all of these New Year's, revolu- New Year's revolutions that we knew that we know deep down inside that we are not going to commit ourselves to doing. Uh, we know that we can start off, that we can do three days trying to eat right, but we know as soon as day five, day four comes on there, we're going to eat whatever we want to do, uh, eat whatever we want to eat, and then we find ourselves right back where we started off at. So we make these New Year's resolutions where we're wishing and we know that we're going to do it. We're all pumped. We're proud for doing it. But then somewhere down the way that we don't end up falling through and committing ourselves fully to what we desire. So, saints of God, let's make up in our minds that we're not going to make, we're not going to make any New Year's, New Year's resolution that we know um, that we're not going to do. But the one thing that we must strive to do, and it's not just every year, but it should be every day, that I am going to try my best, that I'm going to give it my all to be more like Jesus. Now listen, I don't need to wait for a new year to come in and do that, but every day that He allows me to wake up to be able to experience life once again, to be on this side of the earth, to be in the land of the living, that is a day that I ought to strive to be more like Him. Amen. 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 If you talk back to me, I won't be up here alone today. Uh, the apostle Paul here in Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 demonstrates to us what it really means to be focused we all know Paul we've been talking about on the book of Philippians on Bi- in Bible study on Tuesday nights and Paul here as he's writing this letter to the church of Philippi he's in prison he's in jail not that he has done anything wrong but he's there for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and let me remind you Paul was once a persecutor of Christians he was he killed people just like us the Bible says that he literally pulled people out of their homes and took them to jail because they believed in Jesus Christ and because he was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ but now just what he hated just what he despised that's what he has now been turned into and so now he is an apostle for Jesus Christ he's going out establishing churches he's going out spreading the good news of Jesus Christ and Paul says he said listen let everything that I have accomplished that every good thing that I have done it means absolutely nothing Paul this focus he realized that my life is not my life what I want to do is not about what I want to do but what my life is for it is to bring others to Jesus Christ and that he shows us that no matter what state in life I'm in no matter what situation I'm in no matter what circumstance I'm in that the Bible that the the word of Jesus Christ must still be preached so Paul shows us really what it means to be focused Um, despite his background despite all um, that he has endured his primary purpose was to gain intimacy with God his primary his primary purpose was to gain intimacy with Jesus Christ everything that Paul went through everything that he experienced everything that came his way all he wanted to do was to be more like Jesus everything that he had to go through everything that he had to endure he wanted Jesus to be seen and everything that he was experiencing he knew what he was working towards, and because he knew the objective, he was able to let go of whatever or whoever would hinder his program or let go of whoever or whatever would hinder the progress that he was trying to make in God. We got to make up in our minds, saints of God. We're almost in 2011, and we must have our minds focused to realize that during this time right now, there ought to be a self-evaluation that we're taking of ourselves. We ought to be looking at ourselves and saying, okay, listen, what did I do well in 2010? What didn't I do well in 2010? What, am, what do I want to strive to get better at in 2011? We have to make up in our minds some of the stuff, that, some of the ignorance, some of the stuff that we dealt with in 2010 that I am not going to allow myself to deal with that stuff in 2011. If God allows us to see 2011, do you know how many people have died just this month? On the brink of seeing the new year, but did not even get the, get a chance to already see it. It was a family. I was telling Mother Calvert, this morning at than that Sunday school. There was an accident um, in Alexander County down near Cairo. Uh, it, 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 was a, it was a family in the van. Um, the daughter, it was a daughter, a, a mother, a father, and a sister. The daughter was driving the van. That wasn't it? Two daughters and a mother. Two daughters and a mother, right? Right. They were on their way to the hospital. Thank you, Dick and Algie. Um, They got in the accident. The daughter died on Monday. The mother was in the hospital. She had injuries. They thought she was going to make it, but she died Friday morning, the day before Christmas. We are living in a time where you do not know when your number is going to be called and so it's important saints of God that you let go of whatever stuff whatever stuff in your life that's hindering you whatever little petty stuff that's going on in your life that does not really mean anything those individuals that's in your life that's nagging you and pestering you and getting on your nerves that really don't add any value to your life but all they add is stress we have to learn to let go of that stuff before we go into 2011 so that you can live the God kind of life that he desires for you to live and so Paul shows us here right now He says. Listen, I count everything that I have accomplished, everything that I have earned, I count that stuff as done. I count it as poop. It means absolutely nothing because my main purpose, my main objective in life is to be more like him. My main agenda is to look more like Jesus, to talk more like Jesus, to walk more like Jesus. I want people to be able to look at my life. Paul said, I want them to be able to see Jesus on the inside of me. Even if I'm in jail, I want them to see me. Even if I'm going through some stuff, I want them to be able to see Jesus in my life. And He said, "Listen. I, even though I'm in jail, even though I'm in prison, I gotta let go of some stuff because I need nothing to hinder me. I need nothing to hinder the progress that I am desiring to take in my life." Paul had Paul had priorities. Paul was concentrated on what he was desiring to do. Listen, saints of God, as we get ready to embark on 2011, we must have we must be focused. We must be concentrated. We must have priorities of what it is that we are uh, what it is that we are striving to do. What those things are that we are uh, that we are, 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 are progressing to and striving to do in 2011. Listen, you don't know when your number is going to be called. We got to be ready, but at the same time, I cannot allow myself. I cannot allow myself to be hindered by nonsense. Amen, amen, amen. I can't allow myself to be hindered by, by pettiness because life by itself. The Bible says that we're going to have trials and tribulations in life. That's a guarantee. So I don't need to add on top of that stuff, or nor do I need to have other individuals or other stuff to pile on top of the already already guaranteed stuff that I'm going to receive in life. So I got to cut ties with people that's all about foolishness, people that want to gossip, folks that want to do all this other stuff. If you're not adding value to my life, I'm going to have to cut the strings so that I can be able to live. And that's the place that we have to get to. We have to let go. We have to let go of certain things in our lives so that we can be able to lay hold to all of God's promises for our lives. But the problem that we face sometimes in our lives is the lack of priorities that we have in our lives. Someone once said that we major and minor and we minor and majors we don't think about the main thing, we don't think about the one thing that we should be striving for, but we can, We think about all the other pettiness stuff that's going on around us that has our minds so clouded with worries, with fears, with scares and all that other stuff where we miss out on the big picture. We miss out on the main thing that God desires to do in our lives and how God desires to use us. So I challenge you saints of God that as you go into 2011 that you prioritize certain things in your life so that you can be able to live a well-balanced life and so that you can be able to know what's most important in your life. And not only must we be, not only must we have priorities, but we also must concentrate. We also must be focused on what it is that we are striving to do. There is nothing worse than a person who knows their priorities but lacks concentrate but lacks concentration, knows what to do, but never gets the job done. Of the worst in a person who who knows how to concentrate but has no priorities, has no excellence without progress. But when when you find an individual that has both priorities and concentration, they gain the potential to achieve great things. The good news that we have here today, saints of God, is that there's a prize to be captured if we were to only dismiss important things and focus on the main thing. There was a prize. Paul talks about the prize. He said, listen, there's a prize of the high calling of God that I'm striving to go after. And so I have to lay a hole. I have to let it go. I have to get rid of rid of, I have to dismiss certain things in my life that does not mean anything so that I can be focused on running the race so that I, I can be focused and hit the main thing that God desires for me to hit. Listen, I got a question for you this, got a question for you this morning, saints. What's blocking your flow? What's stopping you? What's hindering you from being all that God has called you to be? Could it be that it's yourself? Oh, the church done got quiet this marinade. We can put so much of the blame on other individuals. We can put the blame on, listen, mom and dad is father. I'm like this. uh, It's deaf. I got this generation. We can put all the blames on whoever. We can put it on the white man. We can put it on the jobs. We can put it on the preacher. We can put it on the church. But until you're able to take responsibility, because some things that has gone on in your life has not been the devil. Some of the situations, some of the circumstances that you have experienced in your life has not been the devil running around in a red suit with a tail on his back and with a pitchfork. But it's been you because of your bad, because of us, because of our bad decision making. That has allowed us to be in some of the stuff that we are in. And so we got to understand that sometimes we're blocking our own fault. Sometimes we're blocking our own deliverance. Sometimes we're blocking our own breakthrough. Because truth be told, God is already done and God is doing everything that you to do. But he's waiting on you yes, that's right. That's right. to get yourself in alignment with his will so that he can be able to manifest himself in your life. Got to stop blaming other people, got to stop blaming this and take responsibility for ourselves and realize that some of the things that have happened in my life, it has been because of me and the decisions that I have made and I must own up and take responsibility for the consequences of my actions and move on in my life and say, God, I messed up, I made a mistake, but Lord, here I am. Clean me up, Lord. Fix me up, Lord. So that I can be everything that you have called me to be. Don't you know that sometimes you can hinder your own blessing because of you? Yeah. You can hinder your own breakthrough. God is sitting there waiting. Waiting to shower down blessings on you. Oh, I need a financial breakthrough. Okay, you won't get your financial breakthrough until you start tired. Yeah. Right. Uh, I can't get no help on that, but that's all right. We're looking for all. Oh, God needs you to heal my body. Well, stop smoking and drinking. All these things we ask God to do and we await for God to do, but God has said, I'm waiting to do it, but it's the thing that goes hand in hand. It's the thing that goes hand in hand. God is ready to do his part, but he's waiting for us to do our part as well. He's waiting for us to do our part to contribute to what it is, to contribute to our own deliverance, to contribute to our own breakthrough, to contribute to our own freedom that he desires to bring in our lives. Because if you don't realize it is you that's hindering your that's hindering your life, then thus you cause for that thing to go on generations and generations and generations in your life. There's a story uh, 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 about a famous actress. She had a dog, and the dog um, legs had got accidentally cut off. He had ran over by a lawnmower, and so the back two legs had got you know had got get. He lost the last the back two limbs of the dog's leg, and so all the dog had was just the two front limbs. And so the dog, the pup, was pregnant with a couple of dogs. And the and the lady asked the doctor. She said, "Well, will he? St- will she still be able uh, to li- to deliver the baby?" She said, "Yeah." He'd be able to she'd be able to deliver the babies. And so the dog learned um, how to walk, the dog learned how to hop with his two legs and drag the rest of his body on. And so the pup ends up having the dog, ends up having her, the dog ends up having her puppies, and the puppies are fine. And as the pu- and the strange thing that this lady began to see was that as the pups began to grow, they began to walk just like their mother. Now that's crazy. Why would the pups walk just like their mother when they had all four of their limbs? And the dog, their mother only had two. They adapted to the environment that was around them. They were well, they were healthy, but because of what they saw in their mother and how their mother responded to her condition, they followed her example. If you don't deal with the stuff in your life, the hindrances, the things that's blocking your flow in your life, it will soon run off into your children and your children's children, and they will begin to do what you have done, and they will begin to adapt to the environment that's around them. You got a healthy four-legged pup only using two legs when it's able to use four. Don't allow yourself to be handicapped or hindered by you. Some Some people are locked up in a prison where they have the key to set themselves free. But they don't do it because they like being the victim. Paul says, listen, I got, I, 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 I got somewhere to go. I got something I need to do. And I'm I, I'm dismissing everything around me that's not important. I'm, I'm dismissing every person around me that's not adding value to my life. They're constantly adding stress to my life. I'm dismissing them out of my life because I have a goal. I have a purpose in mind. I have something that I'm working towards. I have a main thing that I'm looking at and I'm not allowing nothing to deter me away from what I'm trying to do. Saints of God, we have to get it in our minds when we're so purpose driven, when we are so driven by the things of God and we're so focused by the things of God that we let nothing get in our way even though Paul was in prison he still preached the gospel of Jesus Christ he said listen you may try to you may have me in prison but I'm still able to write letters out and still get the word of God out he said I'm not letting nothing stop me from the purpose from the assignment that God has on my life we must become so focused driven that come wind come hell come tornadoes, come whatever may through life through circumstance through situations I'm not allowing nothing to get me off track because there's something that I'm working towards Paul knew what he was working towards he was working towards being more like Jesus he was working towards living a life that was clean that was free so that God could be able to use him what are you working towards what's the main thing in your life because if you're money driven, you will begin to start to do anything to make some change, yeah. something that you said that you wouldn't do. You will start. Oh, well, you know what? That might not be too bad. There was a pastor in Chicago a couple of years ago, preached about uh, playing lottery tickets, playing the lottery. Just 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 crucified his people for doing a deacon algae, and you know that man went and bought a ticket and won. Huh. <laughs> Now, the same thing he got on his members about, he went out there and did the same thing. Listen, when you become so driven about something, you will start to do, if it's a negative thing, you will start looking at those things and seeing those things in the positive and saying, you know what, it might not hurt if I just do it just this one time. I'm just going to play the lottery just this one time. I'm going to take my tired money and play the lottery just this one time. Paul said, listen, Paul, Paul admonishes us, and he shows us here. He said, listen, you said, well, preacher, what is it? How was Paul able to let go of that stuff around him, that caution and stuff? How was Paul able uh, to live such a purpose-driven life? How was Paul able uh, uh, to do what needed to be done? How was Paul able to say, listen, even though I'm in prison, I want to be more like you, Jesus. How was Paul, how was Paul able to be such an example to others that was around him because they were looking at him because he told the saints at Philippi, he said, listen, 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 he said, listen, if I have my choice, I will go home and w- be with Jesus. He said, but I'm staying here not for my own good, but for your good so that I can continue to be a- an example to you. But he also lets to know, he says, listen, don't look at me as an ultimate example. I'm a man. I've messed up. I have a past. He said, but uh, when you look at me, you ought to be able to look to Jesus for who is our ultimate example. So, how you say, how, preacher, how was Paul able to do it? Listen, the first thing that Paul, the first reason why Paul was able to let go of all the stuff around him that caused him to stop, Paul had to discern what was hindering him. You have to discern in your life. Nobody, nobody but God knows you better than you do. Oh, do not nobody want to be real today. That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. We're about to go in a minute. No one knows you but you. Nobody really knows you. You, know, you might have some individuals around you that may know you, but you know some deep down stuff about you that no one else knows about. And you have to be able, you have to learn how to discern yourself. You have to learn how to discern what's hindering you in your life. Every now and then, you have to do a self-evaluation. Every now and then, you have to take a look at yourself. Every now and then, you have to look in the mirror and say, listen, am I in where I am now in life because of someone else or is it because of me? Am I in the rut that I'm in because of somebody else, or is it because of me? Is it because of my bad choices? Is it because of people that I have allowed to come into my life? Is it because of me and the issues and the strongholds and all the different things that I'm dealing with in my life? Have I become my greatest enemy? You got to be able to. You got to be able to discern. Paul had to let go of those things that he once. Cherish, he had to let go of those things that distracted him so that he could be able to be focused and go after the things of God. Every now and then, saints of God, you got to go take inventory and see what you need and what you don't need. Every now and then, you got to go take inventory and and ask yourself, listen, does this person need to be in my life or do, do I need to exclude them from my life? Nobody want to go with me today? That's all right. That's all right. I'm almost done. Listen, before Ruby Tuesday closed in Mary, I worked there for about four years. And every now and then, I know you're like, man, this preacher always coming with these fool illustrations. I know. I know. But it's all right. Jesus used parables. That's how he helped the scriptures come true. And so every now and then, we took inventory. And we'd be back there. We making sure we had napkins, making sure we had salt and peppers, and all that other stuff. We took inventory. Um, but the biggest problem that we found sometimes, you know, we had a whole list of stuff that we had to order. The biggest problem wasn't that we needed to order stuff because we knew we needed to order new stuff. But the problem was, where were we going to put it when we got it in? Because what we learned, what we felt, what we felt to realize is that we had, we had, we had, we had, we had so much stuff. We had gathered so much stuff. That we no longer had room for the new stuff. Oh, don't nobody. Come on, work with me. Work with me for a little bit. I know we still full from dressing in greens, but we're gonna make it through today. The problem that we had wasn't that we had the shipment of new stuff that was coming in, but we had nowhere to put it. But it was until the manager said, listen, now instead of us having all these boxes stacked up in the hallways, all these boxes stacked up along the wall where everybody can see, let's take inventory and go back there to the storage room and see what we don't need. Because when we went back there to the storage room, we realized that we had some stuff that was expired. And we realized if we had opened up those cans and used that yeah. food that was back there, somebody could have been contaminated. Somebody could have been sick. But we had to throw away the stuff that was back there that wasn't no good so that we can be able to bring in the new stuff yeah. that needed to be bought into the store that we can be able to use. The Bible says the Bible says that you cannot put old wine into new wine skin." Yeah. Many times we're looking for God to do something great. We're looking for God to do something new. And God is ready to bring in the new. But he's ready for us to take care of the old and to get the old stuff out of our lives. Tell your neighbor, take inventory. Come on, tell your other neighbor, take inventory. Take inventory on your life and see what is it that you need. See what is it that you don't need. See what stuff is expired. Because if you use something that's expired, you can get sick. If you use something out of date, if you use something out of season, you can call yourself to get very ill. And so Paul had to discern himself of what was hindering him. Paul had to take a look at himself. Paul had to do a self-examination of himself to see what is it that could trip me up. I had to sit. I was in the bed last night. Couldn't really sleep. Coughing half the time. Took two tablespoons of uh Night Quill did want to kick in at about 3 o'clock in the morning. Too late then. I got to get up in three hours. Thanks a lot, Night Quill. You know, <laughs> a little bit upset about that, but I get over it. And so... And so I'm sitting there just thinking about life, just thinking about certain things and I had to go and I had to self-examine myself. I had to look at myself I said, okay God I know listen, I'm trying to do this, I desire to do that. I'm moving this way, I got to move this way but as I'm sitting there thinking and writing stuff out and planning things out, God had to begin to God had to begin to flash the light on me and show some areas in my life that have not been dealt with. I said, listen, if you want to go this route, if you want to go this way, if you want to go forward, you got to deal with this little piece right here. Because if you don't deal with this little piece right here, it's going to trip you up on down the road as you get up there. It's going to come back and it's going to bite you. And so I'm saying it to say this, thanks to God, you have to take self-examination of yourself and say, God, search my heart, Lord. Lord, if there's anything in my life that has not, that, I, that, I, that, that, that I failed to ignore, that I overlooked, oh God, that I did not want to deal with. And that's the problem that sometimes we have in life. We have sensitive issues in our life that we don't want to deal with. We don't want to be bothered with. It brings back too much pain. It brings back too much hurt. And we hide it away somewhere and we bleed the skeleton in the closet. But soon that door is going to open and the skeleton is going to come out of the closet. You can never conquer anything until you confront it. If you don't deal with certain things in your life, it's going to uh, come up in unexpected places and bite you. In the behind. There was a preacher before he got saved. Well, I think he was saved at the time. He was sharing the gospel. Listen, get over overtaken with money and with women. God deliver him, God set him free. But because he didn't deal with some stuff in his life, doing great things, great ministry, all of a sudden, knock at the door. Hey! Can I pray for you? Uh-uh, you my daddy. If you don't, and he's at the prime of his ministry. Uh-uh, I don't want no prayer. You are the father. If you don't deal with stuff in your life, things have a way of coming up and catching you at the wrong time and showing up at the most inopportune time. Time that a time that everything is going good, everything is going right, but something comes up and it messes up everything that you worked so hard for. You must take inventory of yourself. Come on, put your hands on yourself and say, Self, Self. I must evaluate you. So many times we're always looking to discern. we want to discern other people's lives, but we fail to discern our own lives. We're looking at everybody else and what they're doing. What well, you need to be doing is, uh-uh, look at your own self. you try trying to tell me about the speck that's in my eye when you got a whole semi-truck in yours. You got to be able to discern yourself and see, God, is there anything in me that's not like you, Lord? God, is there anything in me, God, that I still need to get right? God, it's because Paul said, listen, don't look to me as if I have apprehended. Don't look to me as if I have made it because I have not made it yet. He said, I have not yet arrived. He said, but I'm still pressing. He said, I'm still pressing my way because I know that I know that I know that I know that I'm working towards something great. So Paul had to discern himself. Paul had to look at himself. Paul had to realize in his life, what could it be in my life that I could be causing my own self to get tripped up on time after time after time after time. Not only did Paul uh, take inventory of himself, not only did Paul discern himself, but secondly, did Paul discover what was the main thing in his life? You have to determine, you have to discover what the main thing is in your life that you're striving towards because if you're just running without a cause you're tiring yourself out if you're doing without cause I was just t- saying this morning a new membership um, that you know you know, a- a- as a church as a ministry you know we have everything that we do we must be effective in it and if we're not effective in it if God ain't in it there's no point in even doing it oh, I can't get no help let me There we go. All right. Now y'all want to talk back to me. But if there's no point in what we're doing, if there's no, if you're just running without a cause, if you're just a rebel without a cause, there's no reason. There's no point. You're just tiring yourself out for no reason at all. But when there's a purpose, when there's a when there's a plan, when there's an objective, when there's an assignment of something that you're pressing toward, it makes what you do worth it all. Though you have to experience certain stuff, it makes it worth it when I know that I know what I'm running for. I know what I'm striving for. I know what I'm pressing for. I know that everything that's going on in my life is to shape me and to mold me and to get me to that place that God has for me. But you must discover what the main thing is in your life. Paul's main thing was, and which should be our main thing as well, Jesus, I want to be more like you. I haven't made it yet, Lord, but every day I'm striving. Even I'm in prison, Lord, for your sake. I'm here, and the gospel is still being preached. God, Jesus, everything that I'm doing is to bring me closer to you. Every heartache that I'm experiencing, every disappointment that I'm experiencing is to bring me closer to you. You must know. You must know. And you must discover what the main thing is. And not only must you discover what what the main thing is, but you got to determine how you are going to get it. Come on, ask your neighbor and say, how you going to get it? How are you going to get it? Paul forget the past. Paul put all those things behind him and says to so God, that's what you got to do. When we get into 2011, 2010 is history. It's no longer relevant. You can look back over and say, God, I thank you for what you did. I thank you for how you brought me over. But now I'm on. I'm in a new year. I'm on new ground. I'm in new territory now, God. So I'm excited and I'm anticipating what you are going to do next in my life. You get If you're going to try to get someplace, you got to forget the past. If you're striving, if you're pressing, if you're pursuing something, you must let go of the past. Something worse than being in a relationship with somebody who always wants to go back and talk about their past relationships. Wait, what? uh, Am I not right here next to you? You want to bring up something? Nothing worse than being with someone else. But they're always bringing up memories from before. You got to let go of the past. You got to let go of the past so that you can be able to lay a hold to what God has for your life. How are you going to get there? How are you going to get it? How are you going to accomplish it? How are you going to retrieve it? How are you going to achieve all the goals and aspirations in your life? Listen, it's good to have goals. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But you got, you got to, when you have goals, you got to have a plan on how you're going to get there. Because if you don't have a plan on how it's going to get done, then all you got is mere words on paper. But when you have goals and you have, you have a plan on how to get there, then you have vision on what you are striving to do and where you are striving to go in your life. Listen, I was sitting there thinking, said this morning, new membership class, listen, the past three years for us as a church has been rough. Oh, uh, see, some, somebody really should have ran on that one, for real. I'd be the first partaker in that one. It's been rough for us as the church, but you know what? We made it. Amen. We made it. We made it when literally when that parking lot should have been empty, when the locks on these doors should have been should have been locked, when lights and heat and all that stuff should have been gone, God has kept us. Amen. God has kept us. Amen. Is that a testament of ourselves? Is that a testament of what we've done or what has gone on in the past and who was past? It had nothing to do with that. God may have used them to do great things, but it has been God that has kept us over these past three years. Amen. Nobody but the hand of God. That has did it, and so as we get ready to embark on this new year, listen: we gotta leave the past behind. Yeah. What has gone on the past six months irrelevant to 2011. That's Don't matter. Right. Right. What has gone on the years before? All well and fine. We did some great things, experienced some great things. But as we embark on 2011, the Bible says, "Have you seen the, the, the uh, over in?" Haggai, says, have you seen the 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 uh, the, uh, the house in its former glory? But look at the house now. As the church, when 2011 come, we got to hit the ball rolling. Oh, I can't get no help in here. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up. I'm wrapping up. I'm wrapping up. But we got to hit the ball rolling. Because there are people out there that need to know Jesus. And if we're waiting here, if we're waiting for them to come here, We're wasting time, precious time. Wouldn't life be great if you could be able to rewind some things and go back and fix it and then play it and and bring it it right back into instant replay and it resumes? All of us, we'd be fast-forwarding all the time going back, we'd mess up, go back, fix it, and bring us back in the present. God has great things in store for us. Not only as a church, but individually in our lives. But I'm telling you, I'm not just telling you mere words. But we got to look at us. We got to look on the inside of us. Take self-examination of ourselves. And say, God, what is it? What is it? What's hindering me, Lord? What's blocking my flow? Could I be blocking my own blessing? Could I be holding up my own breakthrough? You could be in hindrance to yourself and not even know it and still blaming somebody else or something. 2011, listen, hate the your bubble already. I know it's not here. It's going to have trials. It's going to have tribulations, it's going to have disappointments, it's going to have some heartaches. But the difference is, I'm not going to deal with the disappointments like I did in 2010. I have a different perspective on them now. And so that when they come in 2011, where it may have caught me off guard on my right, I'm going to be ready on my right and my left. So when it comes, I don't have to fall faint, I don't have to turn around, I know what to do, but I use the word of God to handle everything that comes up in my life. My prayer for you, my prayer for all of us is that we be more like Jesus. More money is fine. Listen, I, hey, if you gave me something right now, I'll take it and try to get down to K&G for their sale ends. Amen. Three suits for the price of one. That's a blessing. Yeah. But our goal in life cannot be money. Because if you're striving out the money, who was that, that wrote that song that said, more money, more problems? You thought they was going to solve them all, but now you got even more issues. Because now you're back with no money again. Let our goal be, God, oh, I want to look more like you. I want an intimate relationship with you, Lord. And that may be somebody here today. And you're saying, preacher, I don't know how to let go. So I don't know how to let go to lay hold of all the things that God desires to do in my life. And I challenge you today, and just say, and I challenge you just to say, Lord, help my unbelief. Ask the Lord to help you. Ask, I say, Lord, I don't know. I, 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 you ask me to walk out here on water, God. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little scared, but God, I trust you in spite of me, and I'm going to follow after you. If you're here in this place today and you desire prayer, I just ask you to come to the altar. And you may not be coming for yourself, but you may be coming for someone else and needing the Lord to move supernaturally in their lives. The altar is open. And there very well could be some things that the Holy Spirit is shining a light on in you. And saying, listen, there's some things in you that ain't right. And it needs to be dealt with. Mother Algie, can you come and pray with Mother Pullen? Sister Reese, can you come and pray with this young lady right here? Minister Lolita, can you pray with Sister Tasha?